Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of our little show. It is Matt hanging out with you and coming to you, as Bruce said, coming to you from the West Fit Studios here in Norwood, Oklahoma, in the middle of the northeast part of the Sooner State. So if you're ever up around this way, you're ever in uh, the northeast part of Oklahoma, hell, if you're ever in Oklahoma, southeast Kansas, anywhere around, make the drive. Come hang out with me. Check out the gym. Set in. I'll, I'll probably make you do a podcast with me. So if you're ever up in this part of the world, Make sure you stop by and check out the gym. If you're on Instagram right now, uh, as you listen to this, go over and follow the gym's page, WestFitOK, at WestFitOK. That's the uh, the gym's Instagram. But hanging out here, good to be home after a uh, busy weekend in New York City. You know, I, I'm I'm home in Oklahoma, and uh, unfortunately, my Oklahoma Sooners are not the national champions in college football. So that's all the college football talk you're going to hear on this podcast until next season when I really start bragging about how OU is going to win a national championship. Said it's uh, it's good to be home. Busy weekend in New York City. Uh, still, to this day, it's so surreal to be able to walk into Madison Square Garden and know that I'm going to work in, in the same place that so many uh, incredible events have taken place. You know, we all as kids grew up seeing all those big prize fights at the Garden. For me, uh, it was the home of WrestleMania 1. It was the home of WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 20, and, and to see all those uh, memorable WWE or WWF at the time matches happen in that building and that unique uh, roof that they have in there or ceiling. When you walk in, it's just, man, it's, it's, it's incredible because still – Still a kid. They grew up in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, in a town of a couple of hundred people. And to be able to go hang out in New York City and, and work the garden, is it's still very, very surreal, even though we've done it for a couple of years now. But uh, busy weekend in New York City. Congratulations to Jess Lockwood. He wins the Monster Energy Buck off the garden, picks up $100,000 to start his season, picks up a lot of points, and, you know, uh, kind of reminiscent of – his start to 2017, winning at Madison Square Garden, picking up $100,000, picking up the points there, and then ultimately he would take that win along with the rest of his season and win his first world title, become the first world champion, in, or I mean become the youngest world champion in the history of the PBR, rather. Uh, so he's hoping that lightning can strike twice and that'll happen again. But speaking of the first world champion, Adriano Marias, that's my guest here. Today on the podcast, got to hang out and spend a lot of time with Adriano here this weekend. The first time he and I had ever worked together, so we got to do the broadcast there from the Garden. And uh, I tell you what, I've been friends with Adriano for quite some time, and the the cool thing about it is I, I learn even more about him uh, as time goes on, and I become an even bigger fan. I mean, you'll hear me talk to him about a picture that I bought from one of the photographers of, of him on this bull that, that I grew up around and saw a lot of some junior bull ridings, believe it or not, as a calf, and then ultimately would see this bull at the PBR, and, and it was kind of a, a cool story for me. So uh, he signed that picture for me. i got to find that. It's, it's, uh, it's in my office, so I'll probably put it out there on Instagram here uh, before the next episode because – it's crazy, and you'll hear Adriano talk several times about how he loves to talk, and and you find out why. I mean, you find out why he enjoys to have these conversations, and he and I, we, we talked for quite some time, and then I finally said, you know what, let's hit the record button and uh, and go from there and try to knock a podcast out 
real quick. And then I, I looked down an hour later and uh, I said, you know what? We're far from ha- having this conversation finished. So this is going to be the first ever two-part podcast, the two-part edition of Matt West now. And it just happens to be with uh, a guy that's going to go down to history books as one of the most legendary bull riders of all time. He's the first ever PBR world champion way back in the uh, early 90s. He's the first ever two-time PBR world champ. And he was the first and one of only two three-time PBR world champions. So uh, it was pretty amazing to get to sit down in, in my room on the 34th floor. I've got some strange tie to the number 34 I have for my whole life. But in a room that overlooked not only downtown New York City, uh, not only Madison Square Garden, but we got a chance to look straight at the Statue of Liberty out of the hotel room that we recorded this podcast in. So uh, I, it was pretty cool for both of us to get to sit there and just see the sights. I, I know that Adriano is a three-time world champion bull rider, but you're going to hear a lot about his humble upbringing. And to me, it's just a really, really cool story that, um, you know, the beginning of his life, his career, some of the things that he went through and, uh, you know, kind of kind of how it all happened. We, we talk so much about the historical moments, but we don't get to hear the entire story as much as I would like. So that's what this conversation is. Again, remember, it's the first of two parts here on the podcast, so I'll drop the second half of the podcast next week, maybe maybe a little early. But anyways, for those of you that have been tuning in uh, and checking out the podcast, those of you that have sent me text messages or DMs or you've screenshotted it and you know tagged me in it, keep doing that. It's awesome. You have no idea how good that makes me feel because this was a, a total leap of faith. Didn't know if anybody was going to enjoy it. Didn't know what the hell I was going to do. But I'm so glad that we started this little journey because it has been so much fun. And it gives me an opportunity to sit down with people that I admire like this. My conversation with three-time PBR world champion, Adriano Marias. We'll do this. We, uh, we, we're, we, we've started. We start. We, uh. Sitting here, and you you just kind of scared your boy a little bit. You, yeah, I did. I, I did some questions. I don't think that. you realize we're we're buddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not at first. Now, now, now he knows the <laughs> best buddies, though. Now he knows we better be friends, oh, yeah. or things are gonna go south in a hurry. <laughs> it's crazy because we just, man, we just had a great weekend here. Uh, had a great event, Madison Square Garden. We're sitting in a hotel that you can see the Statue of Liberty. You can see Madison Square Garden downtown. New York City. This is insane to me. Yeah, this is insane to be here and uh, able to work with the PBR at Madison Square Garden. This this is a dream come true to any professional. It's it's it, it's wild to think of all the. And Chase Outlaw said it in an interview this weekend. Like all of the big names, like the Muhammad Ali's, the the Hulk Hogan's, the George Foreman's, the now the Conor McGregor's, and all those guys. Every major athlete that that is you know recognizable in any platform has performed in that building and we just got to hang out there for yes exactly and uh i know it sometimes is uh surreal for a, a kid from oklahoma <laughs> but, was, but especially for a kid from brazil what was it like when you were growing up how i mean what did you grow up in a city did you grow up nope, in a small nope. town? i was born and raised at the ranch uh or farm and farm and ranch some places are farm and ranch in brazil in a very 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 poor but it was a family 
No, it wasn't. No? Well, actually, I was born on the remaining piece of property that my dad's family owned. Okay. But they were already broken. They right. were already, like I was born on a shack, a wood house with dirt floor. No run water, no electricity, no doctor, just my mom and I. My dad was right, he was on top of a, of a horse going to town on horseback, try to get an ambulance to take my mom to the hospital to deliver me. When he got back, I was already there. So my dad just cut, he cut my umbilical cord and wrapped me up because my mom wasn't moving much because she was scared of bleeding or whatever. And uh, so, and she was very quiet because my older brother was only a year old. And my brother and I, we are a year and four days apart. So really? she got a baby on the crib and she prayed that my brother would not wake up while she was in labor because how she could attend both. Yeah, because she was a little busy. Yeah, she was very busy. And so she couldn't cry. She couldn't scream. She couldn't. She, she was quiet. So and uh, so when my, 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 my father got back, he just cut my umbilical cord, wrapped me up. And uh, wrap me up and wait for the ambulance to show up, which did in an hour or so. So is it safe to say that you got a lot of your toughness that we saw in your career? You got a lot of that toughness from your mom? Well, I was, I miss my mom. I, I haven't seen her for like 20 days. And uh, so last night I was talking about exactly like, talk about this. Yeah. Last night, just last night, how tough my mom, my mom is. Yeah. How, uh, how much of a fighter she always been. Like my dad didn't have any diploma. And uh, later on, he became a ranch manager. But to be a ranch manager in Brazil, sometimes you'd be employed and a lot of times unemployed, especially with no education. My father went to school for like four years only. And uh, he knew everything on practice, but not in the paper. And, and then the big farmers and ranchers demand papers, you know, diplomas, which my dad didn't have. So he had to go to the fields, you know, like, like, like on uh, picking up... Uh, tomatoes working just like those 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 immigrants yeah. we see yeah we see on uh, on those on those big old vegetable farms whatever it is you know but much worse conditions because there are immigrants in brazil in in us right you know they got a house to leave and good salary we didn't we didn't so it was a very very tough times and my mom never ever ever weakened she never did she got breast cancer a few years ago and she's a monster. She's a stout. She don't even show anything of, of her ordeal with cancer. And the way she faced it, her breast cancer, she was like, this is not going to kill me. I'm much stronger than this. And I, I really believe that the toughness that I show throughout my, my life is right. due to my mom's. So now cancer-free now? Oh, yeah. She's okay. cancer-free. And, and, uh, and she, she's not a a spokesperson for it, but for her friends and, and uh, when some of her friends get that, 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 that thing, uh, she goes and helps them and says, hey, don't be, don't be afraid, just face it. Just face it and you can win. Well, you and I have talked a lot this weekend about mental toughness and about having the strength mentally to, to get through. And as trivial as it sounds now, you know, uh, things like bull riding and now to know that your mom's fought through something like that and had the mental strength to say, this is nothing. I'm going to beat it. I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's crazy. Yes, I mean, the, uh, man, life is a wonderful gift. Just the gift of life is a wonderful. But you need to face it. It's not easy. Life is, 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 is the, is, 
is amazing. Life is amazing, but it's not an easy, it's not an easy trail. You know, it's not an easy trail. So you need to face it. You know, like, yes, whatever, whatever they throw at me, I can pass it. And one thing, but have one thing in mind, everything passes. Good times. Right. And bad. And bad times. And and they will repeat. It's a circle of life. Everything comes around and goes around, you know? It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's a it's vicious like a big cycle. carousel. Just like it. Yeah. Just like it. It's and we, we we talk a lot now about, you know, it's it's there's roller coasters. There's highs, there's lows, there's in betweens. But you've got to be able to get through both to get to the end, to get to the finish line, to to actually enjoy everything that life has to to give to us. Yes. You've got to I mean, as morbid as it sounds, you have to enjoy the negative or you have to experience the negative to really appreciate the positive. Yes. And uh, the negative will not kill you. I guarantee you. It will not unless you let it. Right. So if it doesn't kill you, make you stronger. Nobody that passes through a cancer or a bad crash right and survives are the same yeah they're not the same or, they change even just having a bad day so many times people will let one bad day ruin multiple ruin their whole week or even a whole month because one thing didn't go their way and i've kind of made a goal in my mind this year to wake up every day and i've got these small goals short-term goals daily goals and for me it might be as Simple as smiling at somebody and saying hello to a stranger, uh, holding the door open for somebody, you know, things that we should do. Like now I've turned those into goals and it's like, it's such a positive experience. Simple things. Simple things, man. The simple things that, that we sometimes take for granted. Like I've tried to stop and just start enjoying them a little bit more. Yes. I think we should stop and look around. Yeah. Look around how blessed we are. Yeah, but I'm listening to you guys right here, and I'm not blessed. Hey, you're able to hear us. Some people can't even hear. That's right. That's right. Some people can't see, you know? Some people can't Some see. people can't hear. Some people have no legs. Yeah, Some people- it is an ugly day. It's crowded. I mean, it's clouded, and it's raining day, but you are able to see that. You know what's crazy is... The first two days I was here in New York City, it was beautiful. The The sun was out. It wasn't snowing and cold like it normally is. And, you know, I'd go down and I'd walk around. Uh, yesterday morning when I woke up, it was cloudy and foggy and a little bit rainy. It was rainy outside. I went for a run. My fat ass doesn't go for runs. I But I went for a jog and I was like, you know what? It's not snowing. It, it, it's a great day outside. It wasn't pouring down rain. It was it's just, always a great day outside. It is. How many people cannot go outside? It is. Because they're in bed. Yep. And they know that they will never be able to. Okay. Our, we got a bunch of friends that yeah. would love yep. to run. It period. In the to rain. Just run. In the rain. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and they are going to be confined to that wheelchair forever. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I think that. Not to, I mean, jump straight onto the soapbox, but we take a lot of things for granted that we really need to stop especially and appreciate. Us. Especially us. Absolutely. In the U.S. I'm as guilty as anybody on the planet. Yeah. I but take especially so us. Yep. U.S. Yep. Because Absolutely. this is a blessed country. Okay. You talk about the hardships that, you know, you kind of started with in your family, you know, obviously when you were a kid, how did you get into to bull riding? I, uh, like ups and downs of my, uh, uh, youth, my young days, when I was when I was before well, a child and then teenager, my, as I told you, my dad would be in and out 
ranches and farms, and most of them were ranch and farm land. Right. And uh, he was a ranch manager or sometimes just a, a guy under the man, the manager that was in charge of one or another or the, or the, the, the cattle or the plantations. And I worked since I was, I, I, since I can remember, I worked. I worked on the fields, I worked on cattle, I worked, but I, I wasn't the official cowboy. Right. When I was like 12 years old, 13 years old, my brother became the official one of the cowboys at the at the uh, like cattle the part, yeah. and I was a farmer. I was a tractor driver. I was farming. I was on a on a coffee plantation, cleaning up the fields, and I was on a corn plantation, but uh, not with this great machinery. On an old right. beat up, old beat up tractor. Not like it is today. No, not at all, not at all. Just, just a two wheel, no cab. I mean, sixty five horsepower, very simple with uh, very primitive uh, uh, implements. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't uh, wasn't a, a big deal like today. So it was a rough life. You know, fixing those tractors when break down and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of work with a little machinery, not enough machinery. So had to work overtime. Like I work maybe fourteen hours every single day every single day and my my brother was the cowboy and i always want to be a cowboy i always want to be yeah. a cowboy but just to be in cattle riding horses that's that was my passion since i was i was a kid and uh one day a friend of mine invited me to come to a rodeo i was like okay because i had i had watched rodeos before but at the time that i watched it wasn't bull riding it was only one style R- rodeo was one way one event one event only brazilian style bronc riding and I had watched that before. Now wait, wait a minute. What's the difference between like Brazilian style bronc riding and what we hear in the U.S.? It's know? a mixture of uh, bareback rig right. and an English saddle. An English saddle. Yeah. So it's more okay. like an English saddle that is more like a bareback rider. Gotcha. Okay. It's weird. And and <laughs> and the handle, the handle, it comes from a brass collar. Really? Yeah. And it's two and and it's two of them, and you twist them. And hold on to it and spur like burback rigging, but you bounce like man, you bounce like two hands off that. And so off there's that not saddle. like there's not like an actual like you don't wedge your hand in like you would a bareback rigging. No, 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 it, no. It's, it's, just, it's two just, that you yeah, just just grip. like a rain, just like a bronc rain, but just in two pieces, in two wow. pieces. So it, it is it is a weird stuff. But anyway, uh, well done done right is beautiful. Well, it's our culture. I like it. And uh, so that's what I had watched before. And one day, this friend of mine invited me to go to a rodeo where it was bull riding. And I saw the bull riding, and man, that was impressive. You know, I really liked the, the atmosphere, you know, the bronc riding, but especially the bull riding. And so I went back to the, I went back to the farm and ranch, and I asked my brother to uh, tie, some, tie some cows or steers or whatever to a post that I, I want to get on. So I, I just put a, a, a rope around it and, and rode it. And, man, I, I loved it. You just it. had to try it. Yeah, I just had to try. But I wasn't thinking about being a bull rider at all. I just saw guys doing it uh, at the rodeo. I said, ah, let's have fun. So we were playing rodeo. We are playing bull riding. We were playing, just playing. My brother, myself, and some other kids just playing. And uh, so then when I think like two or three years went by or whatever, and uh, the same friend, it was a f- Saturday night, and I had work on the fields, on the old beat-up tractor, all week long. It was already 6 o'clock Saturday night, and I had already uh, uh, grease up the tractor, fill it up, ready for Monday morning. Because, well, 
Sunday we didn't work. Right. So Monday morning, and I was exhausted. And this friend showed up with my dad because my dad went to visit uh, uh, his father, was his good good buddy. So came back and was like, hey, let's go to a rodeo. I said, oh, man, I'm tired. I said, no, let's go. I said, okay. I said, hey, uh, have your boots on. I said, why? You're going to ride. I was like, what? Yeah, he was going to ride. I was like, no way. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. So I got there, and man, there were some big, big bulls there. And I remember exactly which bull I drew. Back then, they could buck. At, those were amateurs. But right. even in the pro, yeah. they could buck steers and cows. And it was the steers and cows bucking with bulls. Yeah. And some ones were ranker than the bulls, as we know. Yeah, that they well, can yeah buck. The, the cows oh, can, yeah. can cows be crazy. And the steers, yeah, they can buck. So I remember... The bull that I drew was the biggest animal in the whole pen. was a big old steer, a crossbred, and that gun was tall. It was like seven feet tall. and oh, No, it wasn't that much, but it was over six. But intimidating. Very intimidating. And I, I had never set my hand on a bull rope before. Never. Oh really? At no. this point, you still? No, yeah, I just just rode with a, a rope, like a like a flank rope. Oh wow! Just a rope, a piece of rope. Yeah, on the on the on the bulls. How call here? Gert? No, how call? Yeah, like like up around like his chest area. Yeah, on the chest yeah. area. Yeah. yeah, just just just. I didn't know. I, I didn't know the rules or anything. If it was eight seconds or a minute, or ten, I didn't know. I did not know. So I got there and they hit me on a Brazilian style bronc riding, and they hit me because whoever shows up and. And, and entry could ride. Right. But they brought some tough animals. I mean, the event was amateur, but the, but the animals were pros. Right. Not high level, but well, pros. Well, it's like today, you know, you see a lot of the PBR bulls at other events, yeah. even some amateur bull riding, yeah. because they have to be, they have to have outs on them. Yes, yeah. So I got that and I got this, I remember the name of the bull. They steer was they call it Moto Boy, Moto Boy, Moto Boy. Yeah, Moto Boy. Those guys that does delivery in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moto Boy. And man, that's something I'm bucked. And I rode it maybe for like six seconds or seven seconds, and I jump off because I did not didn't know the have rules. A clue. I was like, I was like, oh, I think I'll make. Uh, I think I think I I think they're gonna mark me somehow because I saw preview rides mm -hmm. that they call scores. Yeah, they called the scores. I did not know how long they stayed on, but I they and back then. Any second would count. So if it was an 80-point ride, eight seconds, if they ride, let's say, 60 seconds, it would be 60 points. Right. You know, so it was a, a way of judging before the eight seconds. Because mm -hmm. we did not know the rules. Before what we know now. Yeah, before what we know now. So, and I saw guys, 40 points, 30 points, 25 points, 16 points, whatever, you know, 80 points. And then I rode and I had no score. I was like, why I don't have score? And I went up to the to the announcer stand and I was like, why? Hey, why you didn't mark me? Everybody got a score. I didn't. And I last, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five jumps. I don't know. I did not know. I did not know seconds. Now recalling, I think was around five, six seconds. Right. And uh, so I was like, whoa, I'm not the judge. I was like, Oh, no, because I see you talking all the time. I thought you were and I said, <laughs> You no, thought I'm, the announcer was uh, the yeah, judge. I said, yeah, no, I'm just I'm the announcer. So I asked him why I didn't get marked. He said, well, because you touched the bull. I said, yes, I pushed to jump off because I, 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 I don't know. I, I said, no. I got to get off this He's, thing. Yeah, he said, it is eight seconds. But if you dismount before eight seconds, you can't not touch because that's a slap. Even oh, though it wasn't eight no. seconds, but I did not yeah. know. I mean, I had no clue what that was rules. Well, I thought it was just stay on the bull and ride for whatever, you know. And uh, that's that was my introduction introduction to the to the sport. 
And then when I, I was like, you know what, I think I can do that. And I started going to some amateurs rodeos and, and, and then bull ridings, and here I am. And then so fast forward, you figured out the rules, obviously. Yes, I think I did. <laughs> you learned all the Especially rules. Especially eight seconds. And then, and then in the early 90s, you became a national champ in yes, Brazil. Yes, I, I, uh, I started riding. I didn't. I took step by step. Mm-hmm. Every single level that I was at, I want to master it. But it went fast. In three years, I believe like three or four years, I was able to ride anything. But, uh, well, most of them. Right. And I believe I could ride everything. And that's why I was so good, because I believe I could ride all of them. Uh, the first year, I went to very small, semi-pro. Let's say semi-pro. Then second year, uh, pro, but smaller. And then I went big. So I believe in my third year, 18, 19, 20, yes. On my third year, when I was 20, I won the first Brazilian. No, 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 I won, no, I didn't. I won Brazilian champion because it was a bunch of championships. Mm-hmm. But we always pick the best one to say, well, whoever wins this is going to be the, the, the Brazilian champion. Right. So I, I won in 91 and 92. So, okay, rewind. Let me go back. And maybe you said it, but the first time you actually got on, how old were you? Uh, I think I was like 15, 16. Okay, so is that the time where you really started trying to learn how to ride bulls? Yes, yes, okay. yes. So so a little bit later than most of the guys we see now. Most of them start out doing it as kids. Yes, and I think that was an advantage for me. I really? Yeah, I don't agree. I like I like to see it, Yep. but I think it hurts the kids. It burned them. Like I, like I was watching. Too much too soon. Too much too soon. And especially... Well, physically too, but in their heads, kids need to be kids. Could not agree more. Kids need to be kids. But that being said, nowadays, 2018, 2019, kids are constantly on their cell phones with video games, and nothing in the world pisses me off more than to see a family at dinner and the kids with headphones in playing video games. I mean, I, I've, I, I completely agree. Kids need to be kids. But to me, kids need to be kids playing with their toys, scattering them all over the house, going outside, doing things outside, getting hurt, doing things they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, even if they live in an apartment, yeah. they can be kids. Yeah, no matter where turn you're off, at. Turn off those electronics. Yep. Mom and dad, I know you work hard. It's not a, it's not, it's not a quantity of time, it's quality. 10 minutes a day might be enough if you devote yourself to that child for 10 minutes. I just feel like we, we get so busy and everybody is so caught up in the daily grind, quote unquote, that we forget sitting down and just talking to somebody for yes. a few minutes is far more valuable than whatever your damn paycheck's gonna be tomorrow. Well, but if you, okay, you work your entire life for pay, paychecks. Then, when you have no more, you don't need mm-hmm. any more paychecks, where are the people you captivated? Right. No one. Exactly. No one. And, and I catch myself now trying to keep working and keep trying to do different things, and I forget sometimes, you know, like this, like just being able to sit down and, and hang out with you guys in this room. For me, it's a treat. You know, it's For me, it's, too. That's it, why I like to talk so much, yep. and I talk to anyone, yep. anywhere and everywhere, because... That's learning. That's that's sharing. That's sharing. That's what the road is missing. You know why the road is so messed up? Because we don't communicate anymore. It's so bad. Social been, media is no communication. It's not. It's information. And it's a way for 
somebody to put their opinion out there without a rebuttal. And, and I firmly believe, I, I, it's funny because we keep having this conversation. I've had it every day since I've been in New York with people that you're not going to vote the same way I do, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with the exact same things I do. But let's sit down and let's talk about it. People are so scared to talk about politics or religion or anything like that. I love to have those conversations because... Especially with people that... That disagree. That disagree. Because that's the only way we're going to learn. Make we think. Our our government here in the U.S., if they would sit yeah. and just go no, back everywhere. and forth. No, everywhere. 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 Yeah. yeah. In, in every single walk of life. Mm-hmm. And like, I sit with you and you might convince me right. of something that I thought was right, but then I realized that I was wrong and I changed my ways yeah. or vice versa. Nobody is the master of the right. But at the end of the day, we can not convince either of us. We can be so stubborn and bullheaded, but we can still be friends on the other side. Oh, That's of course. What, it blows my mind that people don't understand that. Yeah, and, but I tell you what, man. I believe now the world is so nuts, so crazy. So crazy. That more and more people, because it is a study is about that people now are are trying to shut down their electronics, yeah. uh, the, their social media, and try to talk to people. Yeah. You know what, what aggravates me the most? Automated, uh, automated stuff. Checking. Well, I want to give my money to a talk, human being. And I want to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to somebody. I want to smile. Yep. And somebody to smile me back. Yep. You know, like, 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 I hate talk to a machine. Me too. Okay, Randy Bernard. Red Bernard got, uh, got something at his house. Well, oh, a mansion. Got, a, got an elevator in his house. Big house. Yeah, big house. <laughs> in Nashville. <laughs> at the lake. Three stories. Beautiful place. Yeah. And he got a, uh, Pedro, how you say that, that thing that talks to us? Alexa. Alexa. And man, I got that and, 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 and Randy said, Alexa, do some. And she did. I was like, how? Oh, what the heck is that? And and I'm talking to Alexa. We were at his house last week. I was talking to Alexa. I was like, how come that thing can talk but has no feelings? Got answers but has no feeling. There's a lot of humans right now that are Alexa. There's so many humans that are so engaged in, in their social media or their, their phones that you can talk to them and respond. But there's so many emotionless humans walking up and down the street right now. And, and sometimes we get emotionless too. Emotionless. But the road's changing. Mm-hmm. The road's changing. You see more and more people try to get away. Go back to the country. Go back to the wild, you know, and go see animals. Man, okay, here, New York, mm-hmm. go to Central Park. Yeah. That's how wonderful, magnificent nature is. In, in downtown New York, yeah. Central Park, birds singing. You sit there and you can close your eyes, listen to those birds, and imagine yourself in the middle of the jungle. That's how precious nature is. I saw an entire arena full of people stand tonight because of a 95-year-old gentleman that Flint went to visit with. It was a World War II veteran, and an entire room of people stood together to say thank you to that guy. No difference in politics, no difference in religion. It didn't matter what color anybody was. Everybody, you know, however many it was, 10,000 people, all could stand in unison 
for a common, uh, you know, a common thought and a common appreciation for one human being. And why it, is that? What did he represent? He, he represented History. a group of people that helped pave the way for everything we're doing today. What we are. Exactly. What we are today. And, and that kind of leads me to, to back to bull riding and something that you kind of did because you win a couple of national titles and then you come to the U.S. I, what, did Charlie Sampson have something to do with you coming yes, here? Yes, yes. Uh, 1992, they hired Charlie Sampson to come and judge an event in Brazil. It was a big rodeo, Bronx and Bulls. And, uh, and to help to pay for his way down, they put a bull riding school, which he would be the instructor. And I was away a Brazilian champion once, and I was riding pretty much everything. Right. And I believe in my riding style at the time. But there was a 1982 world champion, Charles Sampson, putting a bull riding school in my country at the event that I would be at. And he judged that event too. I was like, I'm going to do the bull riding school. I, I can learn some. Or even if I don't learn anything, I will see what I'm doing right or wrong and I can correct. So I'm going to do the school. I was the only professional. I was the only professional that did the bull riding school. The only one. So I rode my bulls at the bull riding school, of course, and it was a four-day, five-rounds uh, rodeo. And, well, you ride every day. It wasn't, and it was uh, progressive. Got cut every day. It started with like 60 riders, uh, 60 riders and ended up with five. Just top five, maybe try around. And top five, zero again. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you were Start three over. rides ahead. Yep. You know, and, and uh, so I made the short round and I rode a bull that was unridden for like three years. Rank, rank, rank bull. And so Charles, of course, using a uh, translator, <laughs> he said, hey, you know what? You can come to US. You have you good enough to come to US. So anytime you want to come, you call me. You can stay with me. Okay, okay, fine. But I wasn't thinking about it. But then throughout that year, it was maybe uh, April. I think it was April or May. And I was like, Flavio, why don't you go watch the NFR and ride? Try to ride somewhere. We know Charles. You know he might be able to take us to NFR because he's making the NFR. Right. And uh, Oh, he helped us buy tickets and find us a room, and we go. But we didn't speak anything of the English. I mean, few, very, very few words. Yeah, you, you were not good no, not at with all. the English language when you got here. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. My wife knew more than I did. Really? And she, and she, But we knew perfectly. Hi, nice to meet you. My name is Adrian Moraes. I don't know English. I'm learning. Can you please help me? That's exactly the words we learned. But those words that you know in English go back to... You being the only professional at Charlie's school, still learning. Yeah, there, there's learn. so much of that that's that's missed now. And again, uh, we can all learn from other people, no matter yes. how good you think no, you yes, are. Yes, we can and always learn. And I was, I was, I was just a kid, right? You know. And uh, so we call him, of course, using a translator, and say, "Hey, Charles, would like to come to the NFR to watch the NFR because NFR was the greatest thing." back then mm -hmm. was no pbr right i did not know pbr well but pbr was just founded like that was maybe just kind of starting right yeah there no in the no, early no. That, that's when they signed that mm -hmm. uh well, like a few months prior to that they signed the first well they signed the checks right to found pbr right 
though that the story thousand dollar checks yes. that would ultimately yep. become the PBR. Yes, that mm-hmm. one. So I I I came to the finals. We watched the NFR. Man, I think the first ride, I believe the first ride, well, of course, Burbank ride, the first Perth at 1992 NFR was time over. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I know it was a big old gray, and I believe it was Cricket, the name of the, that horse. I believe that what it was. It was time over, Burbank riding on a big gray horse that I believe was Cricket. Mm-hmm. And man, imagine. First time in U.S. seeing that monster because we don't have those big horses in Brazil bucking. You know, you got little bitty Mustangs, look like Mustangs, little big ones. So seeing Ty, because I knew their names, I knew, I knew who they were, you know. And I got there and and I saw Mister Ty making a magnificent ride. To me, it was man, I mean, it was something special. Well, we're not talk about my experience. Talk about how I how I got no, into the business. No, 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 no. Because, no, because I it think is, it shows that you were you were a fan. Well, no, no. It was some 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 other experiences before. Uh, no, like before, like ten days, six days prior to that, yeah. when I first got US. You know, and uh, the fir- the first morning, I was with uh, Patrick, uh, and uh, Patrick from uh, something network. I can't remember. And uh, whatever, but anyway, yeah. in uh, Phoenix, no, yeah, Casa Grande, Casa Grande, Arizona. But it was a nice place, beautiful house. And uh, and the first morning, I think I woke up like five in the morning, six in the morning, whatever. I was so excited. And uh, and I woke up, I stepped out of the house, and I saw cactus. Those big old cactus look like Jesus Christ <laughs> at uh, at Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. You know, if those big old arms look like it was hugging me. And I woke up. I left two days before that. And I woke up. I woke up. In the movies I grew up watching. Right. It never happened to you guys. Right. It never will happen to you guys. I grew up watching Western movies. I grew up watching movies from U.S. U.S. the greatest country. And I woke up in the movies. I could not believe that that was real. Because, like, even today, I, I, I have a hard time to believe that, that movies are real. Right. You know, movies. Like, how come a place can be so beautiful as Ireland? Well, they're so far-fetched. You know, yeah, yeah. And But uh, similar for me, I, a town of three, 400 people. I've spent my whole childhood there. And then all of a sudden, you know, I show up in New York City and oh, it can't be that crazy, can't be that busy. But now I'm in the middle of the streets of New York City and it's everything that I grew up seeing on TV. Yeah, it, right. It's real. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real. Much, yes, yeah. You're right. You're right. And uh, so everything was so surreal to me. And and then uh, Charles Sampson, I stayed with Charles. Right. And then we had, I believe, was no, it was a BRO was a bureau event in Phoenix, Arizona. Bull Riders only. Yeah, and uh, something main event, Bull Riders only main event. I think it was it was because he had this main event. I know mm-hmm. that was something main event, and I remember that I they entered me there and uh, and I rode first. I rode one amateur bull riding, open bull riding, open night like an open mic. In yeah. Nashville, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, open yeah. bull riding, and I entered somewhere I don't even know where. It was around Phoenix. Casa Grand, somewhere Arizona, there in somewhere. Arizona. And I don't even know where. And I wrote that bull, whatever it was. And then uh, Bull Riders main event in Phoenix coming up. And of course, Charles sent me there. Charles Sampson sent me there. And I remember that I wrote one bull. Oh, I know. I wrote 
Brindle Poor, what was his name? Sammy Andrews, Brindle, Flathorn, Short, Bally Face, and FR Bull. And then the short round, I got Copperhead. Okay. The original Copperhead. Yeah. Sammy Andrews, Copperhead, 1990. And people remember Sammy because he's the guy that brought Bodacious into, yes. the, into yes. the world. Yes. And I uh, I remember that I pulled my rope and, and it wasn't set right. And then I did not speak a word of English and I went to repool. And so I was asking Sammy if I could repool, and he understood by my gesture what I want to do, mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I repool, and I remember that I rode that bull. I don't know which place I end up with, but I remember that it was a bull called Sir, 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 Sir Barkley. I think I rode, yes, Sir Barkley, a, a brindle bull and copperhead. So I rode two bulls there, and then, uh, then we moved to Texas to be with uh, Daedra, And David Jennings, David Jennings was a photographer, professional photographer, went to the NFR and blah, 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 blah. But how come we met him? We were watching the NFR speaking Portuguese and Deidre, Deidre Jennings, his ex-wife, uh, his wife at the time, she lived in Brazil 20 years prior to that. But so she knew Portuguese. She knew a little bit Portuguese and she heard us and said, Portuguese? So, and we became friends, and, and she gave us a phone number if we need help, and we really need help, because Charles, you know, Charles, he was a little older guy, and he did not know how to, to help us beyond enter us at that bull riding, yeah. you know? So, we, we, we took a bus from Casa Grande to Sonora, Texas. We did not know that bus is not as easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, you're figuring all this out on your own. Yes, my wife and I. So, we went to... Sonora, Texas, through San Antonio or somewhere, whatever, El Paso, I don't remember. So we got there, and so Deidre, she helped us to get our driver's license, social security number, and rented a car for us and found some, some traveling partner. And we went to Mr. Charles, it's Charles something, this old fella that had a amateur Uh, association or, or did some or had bucking bulls in, in Odessa, Texas. I think F F Charles, I think was his name, stuff like yeah. that. So I went to like 12 of his open bull ridings or rodeos. I rode every single bull. Didn't make much, but I rode every single bull. And then uh, finally, we were able to get our permit on the PRCA. And uh, so I entered. How old are you right now? I was 22. 22, okay. yeah. So I entered six rodeos. The first one was Bandera, Texas. And I remember that I placed uh, spot number six at that rodeo. That was my first one. And my rodeo number six was Tucson, Arizona. Somehow I got entered. And I ended up winning. Really? Yeah, in my very first year. I remember it was the 76 uh, annual of Tucson, Arizona. So Jerome Robinson kind of tells a story, and to go back to talk about Charlie, there yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay, it's true. You know what I'm about to say? <laughs> that, I know, I know, I know. That, that when when you came over here to the U.S., Charlie played as your quote unquote Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, your Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> and, and then and then, well, because I won, and those two very famous broadcasters from uh, I think it was ESPN that did the rodeos, mm -hmm. the short guy and the tall guy. What yeah. were their names? Uh, Yeah, very famous, rodeo yeah. guys, whatever. And uh, so they went to interview me, what they had to, because I was a Brazilian guy that... Well, are, are you talking about Bob and Boyd? Like in, in arena announcers or the no, guys no, that no, did no, TV no, back? No, 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 uh, Michael. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, those two guys, whatever. And, uh, 
And man, I was like, oh, no way. I'm going to be interviewed by those guys. You know? And I was like, but how that's going to work? Is, is there someone that speaks Spanish? Because even though I did not speak Spanish, I do not speak Spanish. But it's very similar. And I can understand. Right. Okay? And if I speak very slow back to them, they understand me. Not as good as I understand them. That's a mystery. I don't know why I understand them. <laughs> they don't understand me. But anyway. It's like men talking to women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> uh, so and Charles said I can do it because we stayed with him for like 30 or 40 days but we barely talk we communicate somehow we did communicate we play dominoes until like 3 in the morning things that Americans don't do unless they're drinking you know <laughs> you go you go to bed early Brazilians don't so we play dominoes my wife uh, Charles and I we play dominoes it's like three or four in the morning. Now, when you're playing dominoes, are you starting to pick house. up English? Or are you starting? Yeah, we okay. try. We're you're, trying you're to pick it up. Learning. We didn't pick it up much, you know. Right. <laughs> so uh, he said, "I can do it." I was like, "Oh heck!" Did they learn Portuguese overnight? Because I did not learn English overnight. I don't know English. How is going to work? And then uh, the reporter, Adriano. How is it to ride? I, I remember exactly now. I don't know why, but I remember what he asked me. He asked me, Eduardo, you know, it is a rainy day, cold, and how you were able to ride that bull, City Tree Storm and Normal School, of Mr. Who's that? I remember, uh, Benny Butler. I think it was Benny Butler. Mm -hmm. City Tree Storm and Normal School. That's the name. City Tree. I remember that. And Said, and and I, I, I knew that that's, that's what... I was picking up a little English. Right. I understood the, the question. A few things. Yeah, but how would I talk back? Yeah. And then Charles turned to me and said, Adriano. <laughs> very loud and very slow. How was... Right, whatever. I mean, every <laughs> single word. He just repeated the question really loud and really slow. <laughs> yeah, which made it worse. <laughs> so that went on and on and on. And somehow I was able to do it, you know. And, and it, but it was hilarious. I say hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. hilarious. It was, it was funny. Though. You had to deal with a lot of that because, I mean, you were, I, I don't know if there were, I don't think there were any Brazilians that, that really came before you. It did. It did. Few guys. Few guys came, but never. But not successful. Never stayed. Yes, they never stayed. One of them, if like if he stayed, if he stayed, he wouldn't be Adriano the the first the first big name. Right. He would be Vilmar Felipe. That really he was that good. Wrote just like Lane. Look like Lane Frost. Exactly the same. It is a picture. Uh, it is one picture of a poster of Lane Frost. On, on a dance floor for some some somehow he's on the dance floor, for Wrangler and he was wearing a uh, khaki. Has I say khaki? That, khaki. The, yeah, khaki color. Yeah. Uh, uh, pants. The light brown. Yeah. And uh, in a light color, might be a light light uh, light cream mm -hmm. uh, uh, shirt, and uh, he's kind of I say broadside like like like. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that poster. That poster is just like my friend. Really? My friend looked just like him and wrote just like him. Vilmar Felipe, he came here, stayed with Roy Carter, wrote some bulls, but Batman, the bull, Roy Carter had a bull that was yeah. called Batman knocking out, and I think that's scaring you. And what was, what was his name? Vilmar. 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 Felipe. Felipe. Yeah, that guy was good. Vilmar That guy was good. But he didn't stay. He didn't stay. So, and uh, I am the first one to come and stay. Yes, I was by myself alone and just knew Charles. And uh, but 
But at uh, Tucson time, I had already gone to Tough Hitman's event, which was in El Paso, was a trial or a practice mm -hmm. for PBR. In, uh, in I think it was February of 1993 because I came at the end of 92 so that was already 1993 so did you did you think was it ever in the back of your mind or, or did you even realize maybe that that you were doing something that was going to open up doors for so many Brazilians like we see now did you realize that you were kind of paving the way no especially because the amount of money we're making like I remember when when I first came here, was the money was pretty much the same thing one one. Mm -hmm. Now it's a four one three one whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was like one one. And uh, 1992, if I'm not wrong, Cody Custer is the world champion, and he made a hundred fifty two thousand dollars, and he made the NFR within ninety five thousand. He I think I believe he had ninety five thousand one. And he had borrowed 5000 to keep going. So he made it, you know, a, a profit at the finals. And he broke all the records, riding a bunch of bulls at the finals and made a lot of money. But he only made 150, I believe it was 152000 That year, 1992, in Brazil, I made 266000 reais, but was 1-1. And I could buy the exact same. Wow. So Brazil back then paid a lot of money, of course, if you were good as I was. And uh, so I went to like 46 rodeos because there is one rodeo a week. Well, it was 10, 20, but you could attend just one. And it was progressive. It started some rodeos with 80 riders, 80 on a, on a, on a bull riding, five, uh, four, uh, four days, five rounds, and progressive. And, and well, more than five rounds because it was, okay, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, top 20, Sunday, top 10, and Sunday, top five and end up in five guys so in 92 i went to 46 rodeos i made top five in 42 of them wow. and i won first i believe was like 19 20 times so i was i had ex extraordinary year and i and i made 266 000. so in comparison to like and I saved maybe two hundred fifty thousand. Right, that was cheap back then to travel to stay at. The well, and you're getting by as as light as you can, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, still, I did, I did because I was young. a kid. Yeah. yeah, because I was a kid, and uh, so I did not think I didn't come to stay. I came here just to have an experience, yeah. and that's what I told the guys in Tucson. They said, "He runs." So what are you up now? I was like, going home. And he said, why? I said, make money. They're like, Adrian just made, I think I won like $7,000. And I was making 11000 12000 15000 per event. But here in the in States, Brazil. they didn't realize that this is before the internet. They didn't, they didn't realize what was going on no, there. No, hey, they thought Brazil was a state of Mexico. Right. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Wow. They thought, yeah, they thought, a bunch of people thought Brazil was a state of Mexico. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I... I just came here to have an experience, and that's exactly what happened. After Tucson, Arizona, I pack, and I move back to Brazil for good. But everything happens for a reason. You come over here to have a little experience and to just you know, kind of say, well, I did this, and then ultimately you're back in the States. Yeah, but, it, it, but if you want to know how I came back, mm -hmm. uh, Barretos, the mm -hmm. big road big in road. Brazil, knew that Flavio and I spent three, four months here, and some of the guys had come and gone to U.S. Right. 
but never made a name for themselves. And one of, of a good friend of mine, he, he was a truck driver here, and well, he was a Brazilian guy, moved here, wrote bulls in Brazil, moved here, was truck driving and, and stopping along, the, along the, the, the freight that he was doing and get on some amateur rodeos, whatever. You know? So he knew a little bit about rodeos, was Roy Carter's friend. And, uh, but he's a very like colorful guy more than I am. <laughs> So really, yeah. So yes, he can be. Yeah, and he is. He is. <laughs> he's hey, he's a rodeo commentator, like really? a color yeah, commentator yeah, yeah. for the rodeos. Yeah, yeah, and I think you might have met him. He comes. He came to PBR finals many times at NFRs. Whatever. Very funny guy. And, but we could not trust on his stories much. Because he was very flamboyant, more than like, I. More like than a lot I, of announcers, you can't really trust everything they say. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, and I'm getting that way. Well, I've always been that way anyway. But anyway, <laughs> they, they asked me, say, Barretos called me, and I lived like an hour from the from their office, and said, hey, we're thinking about doing international rodeo. How can I get in touch with the PRCA? Because I had ridden PRCA, six rodeos. Mm -hmm. And I was like, guys, why? Because it's pretty much impossible. I knew. Even back then, with my little English, how hard it is to deal with PRCA. Right. You know, and I said... Some things never change. Yeah, never <laughs> change. And I could see it right from the beginning. I said, it's going to be impossible. They're not going to sanction this event. And, uh, but it is a new association called PBR. Because I went to El Paso, which was a trial, you know, to organize. And was a rehearsal. Right. It was a rehearsal. Right. For the like PBR that rehearsal. was to come. Yep. Yes. And uh, and they said, well, it is this new association that tough uh, tie all the top twenty guys from the PRCA rodeo, create a league, a bull riders league. Why don't we invite them, and call it international because we got international guys. Say, so but how is going to be a national title? I said, okay, we ride two events. Whoever American wants to ride at the Brazilian rodeo, they can. But but we invite. 10 Brazilians to ride with them and call that international. Yeah. And that's how the uh, Barretos International Road started back in 1993. Really? Was my wife and I talking to them. My idea. So I'm involved in a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 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 then I said, and they said, okay, so let's go invite them. And I knew Del Rio was coming up. Mm -hmm. And Del Rio, as everybody knows, was the greatest bull rider Huge. You know, at the time. And I said, well, it is a event in Del Rio because David Jennings and Deidre work for Mac Altizer, Bad Company. Bad, and Bad Company, Company Rodeo, was the yeah. producer there. And uh, so I was like, I, why don't we go there and invite them? Because all of them will be there. It's a, it's a bull riding. Mm -hmm. All the big names will be there. And we invite the PBR, you know, there. And I go ahead and ride. So I called Deidre and said, Deidre, can you enter me? She said, I can't. So I entered. They're real. And uh, so I came and rode, rode all my bulls, invited those guys, tough, and I don't know, I think it was seven the first year or whatever. And uh, they came down to Barretos for the International Rodeo. And I ended up winning second to tough. Tough won the International Rodeo. I won second. And tough was the only one that made the top five uh, uh, for, the, for the bull riding part, the international. The rest Brazilian. Yeah, and, and, and Tough won second at the rodeo. So at the bull riding, which was called international, because mm -hmm. it was just the bull riding, Tough won first. And at the rodeo, he ended up second. 
He wrote, huh. sa- yeah, he yeah. won second, so he won first and second, and I won, I think, was second and fourth. So it was worth the trip for tough. Yeah, to- no, it was. Yeah. And I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, they took their family. It's an experience, like yes, you come yes, to the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was experience. The first I keep time saying ever. that. That's what I keep saying. I want to go to Brazil. You will and, and do it. You will, and that's that's the thing. You will. It's, it's so much cool. Hey, so, you will. I I know, and that's that. <laughs> this is a little subtle hint, hint champ but it, it is it's such a unique experience to go yeah, to another country yeah. and then and then uh and they was done that's it that's it that was the end of the story and uh sam Applebaum, which was the ceo yeah. of pbr at Original, the time yep. he called me i think october i think it was like october and said hey ronald and i even though i wasn't thinking about coming back i was still going to english school and i understood sam i said hi sam 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 We'll say some. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm fine. He said, okay, talk to Andrew. Andrew was an Englishman that worked for a beef packing company in Barretos. And he said, Adrian, talk to Andrew. So I said, hey, Andrew, what's up? He said, Adrian, I'm from Anglo, the beef packing company. And uh, and uh, Sam wants you to come here. I said, what for? He said, well, he wants to sponsor you. I was like, what for? He was like, well, well, he wants us to sponsor you. I said, uh, okay, fine, but what for? I said, you go to where? I said, no, I'm not going. I had bought my first piece of land in Brazil, and I was making twice the amount of money the guys were making here, almost mm-hmm. twice. I was like, well, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. He said, no, come here to talk to us. I said, okay. So I went there, and Sam convinced me to come to the U.S. I said, Adriano, we're going to have our first championship ever. Uh, it's eight, I believe it was like eight events or seven and finals, stuff like that. And uh, you can ride. I was like, but you know how much money I made last year. I made 266000 And I don't know how much I made this year. I had made a lot of money back in 93 too. Yeah, that's and, uh Yeah, and I told him, I said, like, it's not worth it. He was like, but Adriano, if you win this and this and this, if you win that and that, and, that, and if you win this and this and this, you can pretty much win the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. I was like... Uh, okay, and he was like, well, and Anglo is going to sponsor you, and it was a lot of money. It was 5000 American dollars a month to be here. I was like, man, that's a lot of money. And he said, Adrian, I'm, I'm going to fall. Well, you're going to travel with Tuff. Tuff is going to be your traveling partner. He's going to help you, and you will ride rodeos, PBR, and CBR, which was the one I experienced in Phoenix. And I was like, and I said, can I thank? Yep. So, Flav and I talked for like 30 seconds. We were young. We are 23. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? Nothing to do. Let's go. So, okay, fine. And uh, so, he came here, and I won Calgary Stampede. I rolled all 10 at NFR. Ended up, I think, number four in the road. Uh, reserve champion of C- uh, BRO and PBRO champion. Know how much money I made? 266. <laughs> right. All of those all horrible of those. moments. Yes. But, yes. Two, 266,000. But and I want all of that. The things you just said will go down in history forever, and that's where things change. And speaking of changing, I've just called an audible, and we're going to make this a two-part podcast. So we're going to stop right here, right now, and then we're going to come back next week and continue my conversation with Adriano Marais. There you have it, my conversation with the uh, three-time champ, Adriano, part of that conversation. You heard me hit the pause button. We're going to come back and uh, continue this talk and uh, throw in a whole lot more. So pretty cool to hear a little bit of the history of uh, what would become one of the greatest uh, PBR stories that, that we've had to date. So 
Don't forget, the next half of the podcast is coming up soon. I am going to get back to work. Headed to Chicago this weekend, Denver, Dallas, Phoenix. Got a lot going on, so uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. Hit me up, Matt L. West, on social media. Until next time.